You're listening to Carly and Aveline on the New School Podcast, Episode 9, Tips to Help Your Children See You as Their Teacher. Welcome to the New School Podcast with your hosts, Carly Baum and Aveline Brinsma. At New School, we are empowering parents, educating at home in the new normal. Whatever configuration of education you landed on for your children this year, we are confident some component is going to include educating in the home environment. That's where we come in. We are here to encourage and support you with proven home education techniques, empowering mindset advice, and an overall positive conversation on how supplementing your children's education at home can lead to exceptional outcomes, both educationally and within your relationships. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, friends. By popular request, we are so excited to dig into the topic of how to help your children see you as their teacher. This episode is full of truly insightful advice on how to inhabit your new role of teacher as you home educate this year, interwoven with comforting reassurance that you are already more teacher than you may think. So if you're new to homeschool in any kind of way and are wondering if there's anything special you should be doing to be the best teacher you can be this year, this episode is for you. In it, Aveline will offer some highly practical and reliable systemic suggestions to help you and your children embrace this new normal within your home. But as is her way, the balance of the conversation is layered with insight and encouragement, urging you to see yourself a little more clearly, helping you understand what you are already great at, and how all of that factors into why you will be an amazing teacher for your child this year. So with all that said, are you ready to be pumped up? Great. Me too. Let's get started. Hi, Aveline. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing really well. Thank you. I'm glad to hear you are too. I'm so looking forward to digging into today's topic with you, which is all about how to help parents inhabit this new role of teacher in addition to parent and how they can get their children on board with seeing them in this new light and responding well to this new dynamic within their home. It's going to be a good one. I know. Um, before we dive in, though, I just want to give a real quick preface to the episode. Our audience is predominantly mothers, but of course, we expect some fathers will come across this information. And so we want to reassure anyone listening that this conversation applies to all parents. Just for the sake of convenience and applicability to our current audience, we'll likely be referring to the moms as teachers throughout the episode, but it definitely applies to all parents. Uh, so, Aveline, I'd love to throw things over to you to begin with. I'm sure you've got some great tips to help those of us who are suddenly stepping into this new role as teacher for the very first time, and we yeah. would love to hear them. <laughs> so I'll pass things over to you. Thank you, Carly. And I agree with you there. Um, I've had several opportunities to work in homes where the dad is the instructor. Uh, largely, it's been moms that have been the ones that have been home educating. So we will refer to mom. And we're going we're gonna to be talking about role and about genetics today. And the one thing I wanted to just say is I often went into homes um, over the course of the last 20 years, and the parent would say, well, I'm not a teacher. And that was sort of a, 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 a per, them saying, don't expect too much, or because I'm not a teacher, it's not going to look the same as if it was a teacher. And that's mm -hmm. the thing that we want to really talk about today, because in actuality, that's true. They're not technically a trained teacher, but mums 
and dads are amazing instructors and amazing teachers. So let me just start by saying that we all start out the day that that beautiful baby comes into our lives as mom or mama or mommy. And this is genetic. It's our essence. I mean, we feel the sameness with this little person. And so when we move from mom into this role of taking on the teaching or the instruction of our child, um, we're basically taking on a role or a function. And that role is like the educator, the tutor, the coach, the trainer, the instructor. And these roles are based on function. They really are. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, did you switch between mom, that's who your essence is, your primary role, to teacher, your functional designation, prior to specific function of home educating. And I suggest that you have on many occasions and without, you have switched between these two on many occasions. And in truth, you had no spotlight on your abilities. So we want to take that spotlight off of your abilities and just say, can I switch back and forth between these two? And my contention is, yeah, you absolutely can. Mm. For instance, did you teach your child to walk, to talk a specific language, to have manners, to self-regulate, to clean up after themselves? And all of those things are things that we've been teaching our children all along. Now, what was the basis for this teaching? And was it ever hard? So, in answer to that, and you're, you're answering that as you're thinking about it, as we're talking about it, of course, parts of that are hard. But let's just go into it today. We're going to really look at you as mom, and then as teacher, as somewhat separate roles, but also very much intermingling roles. So how is home education the same as this, and how is it different than you having taught, say, your child to learn to speak a language? So first of all, you I have a um, teacher plan that we've been talking about, and that teacher plan is your superpower. So making that week at a glance and getting everything ready for the week is so significant as the teacher, as that role of teacher sort of unfolds as we start doing this home education process. So educating um, and executing this plan is non-negotiable. It's something that we write down and we execute as that week transpires. Additionally, your vision is another superpower. It is the undergirding philosophy with which you're teaching your children. And every family and every home has a vision for what they want to see happen with their children. I'd like to, uh, actually, Cardi, why don't I just put that over to you for just a second here. Um, I, want, I want to, first of all, say, remember why you chose this route of education this year and what you want out of it. When it's all said and done, what is the end result that you're looking for? Is there anything that you wanted to add to that, Carly? I know you had mentioned something. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think already this year, the teacher plan, like our week at a glance, and then also referring back to our vision as a family have absolutely been superpowers for me this year that I just didn't even expect how much I would need them or want them or fall back on them. So I love that you're mentioning them. And I, I did want to let our subscribers know too, we're going to be sending out a great 
vision exercise. So if anybody is at this point in the year, they've found themselves home educating in some kind of capacity and they just kind of got to work and are working on their schoolwork to the best of their ability on a daily basis, but haven't had time to, as you called it, you know, dwell on what their undergirding philosophy is, why they chose this route or what they want out of it. Say they didn't choose this route, um, but they still find themselves home educating. What do they want to get out of it? We've come up with a beautiful exercise. So our subscribers are going to be getting that soon to help them, you know, brainstorm that and write it out. And I know for me, and I, I've been writing this about the vision uh, exercise is that on your great days, on your good days, it's like a trophy. You know, you look at it and you're yeah, like, yes, absolutely. Yes, we are on our path to where we want to go. Yeah. On our difficult days, it serves as an anchor. On days where the role between mom and teacher feels blurry for me and new and I feel like I'm fumbling, looking at that vision again and reminding myself of like the core values of our family and what we want out of this year, I, I cling to it like an anchor and I say, okay, this day may be difficult, but let's not take score too soon. We are inching our way towards this vision and it is a superpower in that moment and an anchor for me. I really cling to it. So I mm -hmm. love that you've mm -hmm. written those two. Uh, I think they're super important. And yeah, people, anybody going on newschool.ca, subscribe there and you're going to be getting a vision exercise soon that we hope will lift you up. Yeah. Do you know, um, uh, it wasn't too many years ago that I went through an absolutely spectacular course that really asked me as a person to substantively create a vision statement that was specific to me as a person and that was the anchor for my own life. Mm -hmm. And when I think back on parenting, same thing. There were specific elements in my own vision for my own children that were anchors for me. And when things kind of went awry or it was noisy or it was loud, I could always go back and say, what is the specific purpose? Now that seems a little bit academic in nature. However, when you write it down, when you have it come out of the the, the core values that you espouse and it's part of your heart. It really makes a difference when you're educating your children for sure. 100%. Yeah. So I, I, I really recommend that vision statement to exercise. So let's just delve into education and, and, and maybe just sort of set education on one side of the spectrum and then set parenting on the other side of the spectrum. What is it that you as a parent now need to do to move into that educator role? Um, and again, it is a role that will make your home education very special and um, also that you can, you can um, tack on the beautiful qualities of being a mother or being a parent to this child. So as a home educator, you must now delve into the very specific course content and it's less spontaneous and more needs-based than say what you were doing before when you were teaching them to speak or when you were teaching them to have manners. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different than your natural flowing experience as a parent. But as soon as you put it down on paper, you make the plan, everything can start to flow then out of your natural abilities as a mother and then also add to it that you're specifically teaching these items. If you could completely divert into a second personality as a teacher without any emotional attachment to the child or the learning that might be helpful, I would suggest that this might be a, a good thing and it might be very helpful. On the other hand, I'd like to also suggest that your love 
your passion and your understanding of your own child may be the most effective set of teaching criteria that your specific child needs. Within the context of being a mom, the functional role of teaching will play a part of each day. So those two are just working hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I and you will be moms. So Carly, you and I will be moms until we die. Mm -hmm. And our passion and all of those that are listening, our passion for our children and our love for our children will stay till we're gray and old. But the teaching function will be the honor we have during these particular years while we are educating our children. And so you know that they will come and they will go. As a mom, I still look at each one of my children and feel that strong mumness that I love them to, to, to no end. But there was a period of time where I really had to instruct them and teach them. So will your children have other teachers? Of course they will. They'll be in school, they may be in university, they may be coached by a particular coach. Will they have other moms? No. Mm -hmm. So it's cherishing the role of mom, but also recognizing that as a mom, you can be a phenomenal teacher. I love that. I, I want to hop in on that for a second because sure. I, I agree with you completely on uh, the, the honor that it is right now. And I say that after having like, I'm sure so many people listening right now, I have had good days. I have had days where I felt face down in the mud so far in our home education experience <laughs> where, where I'm, so I'm not saying it's, I, I'm not saying it's an honor from a place of feeling like we're just hitting it out of the park 24 seven with no struggles no. because we're, we're human and we're walking a similar path to so many people. But I so agree with you that it is such a privilege right now when I can rise above, say, some confusion or a difficult morning or, you know, some speed bumps that we're going over and watch my children as the teacher role right now to really study them as my students mm -hmm. and to get to know the way they learn, to get to get to really intimately see the way they put the puzzle pieces together. Right. You and I were talking about this a while mm -hmm. back, you know, this, this journey safe for us, it's only one year of home education. Say, say it becomes many, you know, I know for a lot of people listening, they'll likely only do, they're going into it, maybe thinking, okay, we're just going to do this until things settle down and we can return to some normalcy within the school system. You know, everybody's just got all of their own reasons, you know, and it's deeply personal, but Right now, as, as we are home educating our children, it really truly is an honor to study the way they study, to learn about how they learn, and mm -hmm. to, to inhabit this role of teacher in addition to mother, because I know it will serve us for the rest of our lives as we help our children walk through their educational journeys, getting this, this intimacy in that, in that student-teacher kind of capacity that maybe a lot of us weren't expecting. Yeah, we, we aren't expecting. The other thing we aren't expecting is that the child is actually observing you too, right? Mm -hmm. And um, if I, you know, like w when they're observing you, they're going, look at what mom's, look at, look at what mom is doing here. Like, look at how much my mom is helping me. There's, there's a certain level of respect and honor that comes back from the child as well. There's also moments in time where they're going, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, let me out of here. But yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> but that's feel, a two-way street. <laughs> That's um, it. Yeah. So, oh, so when you, let's go to so, uh, some other elements of when you taught your child. So when you taught your child to speak, what was your end goal? 
and I'm going to, I'm going to say, because learning a language is quite a complex task. So you, you approached it this way. You wanted your child to speak or the mama, dada, and then book, and then doggy, and then all, all these different words. But you wanted to teach them to speak with clarity. And then they might be saying a word that wasn't quite, quite right, like the TH sound. So then you started teaching them to appropriately enunciate the word. And then when you're speaking, they're speaking very, very timidly or very quietly. So then you'd ask them for an appropriate tone. And then you would start to adjust the word flower to be peonies and roses and, and um, daisies so that you were giving them very specific, strong vocabulary. And then there was the nuance of language that is both complex and riveting. So they might say something to you and you'd hear them sort of bring it up at the end of the sentence. And it, it turns into this beautiful question that they're asking. Well, all of that is a very complex process, but you innately as the mother and the father knew how to bring that out of your child. Did you know all of that when you were teaching them to speak the language? No, no, no this came naturally. This yeah. is something that you had to learn. This came naturally. And you need to bank on that really extraordinarily um, innate, natural skill that's in you as a parent. You have this deep love, residual care for this child. So bank on that natural skill. I love that. Um, that's a beautiful I, I way to describe it. it. Yeah, I love it too. I, I mean, I watch it, I've watched it in so many different parents where they, the child will say something and they'll say, well, what's a different word for that? And now, was, was that parent taught to do that at a university class? No, that they're just saying, how would you like to approach this in a different manner? So it's a very natural ability that parents have. And the best teachers are those that care and commit to the completion of instruction. So as a teacher, when I was in the classroom, I committed to those kids. I committed to the care, of those children, I committed to the completion of the instruction. However, there are also people that can adjust on the fly. So as a teacher, I might be in the classroom and I have to adjust on the fly. Something happened in the classroom. Some kid got very upset, couldn't handle something. So I've got to take a moment for that child, maybe walk out into the hallway with that child. So what I have to do as a teacher is I have to adjust on the fly because my main and core principles are to teach each of those children that are in that classroom. Well, the same thing exists at, in the home. Uh, school, or school requires set times and structures and so does it in your home when you're home educating. But moms in this teacher role need to create a niche for formal education, just like I was saying in the classroom to right. the level that learning is needed. So you know what you have to do, you've written it down, you've got your week at a glance, you've got your books, you've got your curriculum. However, just like I had to adjust with that child that got upset in the classroom, you're gonna have to adjust on the fly. Because right. it's not always gonna go smoothly. Um, we will talk about strategies for derailment. We're gonna call it derailment because you're going at a nice pace, you're teaching your child, the child seems to be absorbing, you're having a good time, and then all of a sudden, something happens that completely derails the process. So rather than really dig into that right now, we're going to do a full podcast on derailment and how we can actually create a strategy for derailment. Love that. Yeah, so, so um, good teachers aren't necessarily emotionally charged about whether the child understands or, or does not. Um, I 
when I'm in a classroom and I'm teaching kids, I'm not that emotionally charged about teaching them. I'm more like, I've got this lesson plan. I'm moving through this lesson plan. I've got these 25 kids in front of me and I want each and every one of these kids to grasp what I'm teaching. However, as a teacher, it's not just because I'm not emotionally charged about it doesn't mean that I don't care deeply for every single student in my class. And I want them to all grasp it to the best of their abilities. So parents need to watch for the pitfall. Here's the pitfall of getting emotionally charged regarding their teaching if their child is not grasping the material. That is that might, gold. <laughs> it's such gold. That's gold. And you yeah. know, even one week in, two weeks in, all of you have had the meltdown. Yes. Yeah. I'm here to speak on behalf of all of us. I am saying it has happened. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I can't even tell you the number of times. That is so good because I'm completely, when I look back on a, a meltdown that we had this week, I'm very guilty of that pitfall of becoming emotionally charged when something wasn't being grasped. And it was on the heels of the two little ones having a bit of a meltdown. So then I, you know, I go over to my daughter, try to sit down with her to do something. In my mind, I'm thinking, look, we've got a minute to get this lesson sorted out because the other two are sorted out. I need you to get on board with this. And of course, that's not the moment where she is really ready to receive it. She was just living through all that chaos too. So that's such a solid gold point. Parents need to watch the pitfall of emotionally charged teaching if the child is not grasping. That just takes all the pressure off, says, chill out. We can circle back to this, but don't become emotionally charged over it if they're not grasping. You'll get it in time. It's a, it's, it's the same grace you'd want for yourself. Mm-hmm. You've, you've always, all of us have sat in front of a concept and not understood it. And even in the midst of other adults, we might feel a little foolish. We might feel a little something that, oh my goodness, why don't I understand this? Right. And so the child needs you needs to know that you're saying, oh, you don't, you don't get this right now. That's not a big deal. No big yeah. deal. You know what? We, we might not even deal with this today. Because obviously it's been a little chaotic here and they acknowledge it because it's not like the child doesn't see if there's some chaos going on. So you as a parent just step back from it and say, if I was the teacher in a classroom, do I have the liberty to lose my cool with this person? No, you don't. So I I personally, as a teacher in the classroom, don't have that liberty. So do I have that liberty with my child? And I would like to concede that you don't because you want like teaching and learning happens with such a level of grace and mm-hmm. such a level of peace. So if the child is peaceful, you're peaceful and you're teaching a concept, it's more likely that that concept's going to go in and go in to stay. That's it. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. So, so there are a few things about teaching that are a little different than parenting. And I want to just touch on those briefly. We've talked about them before school starts and finishes at set times. So I'm not a fan of let's just do it as it flows. Mm. Sometimes there's homework that's necessary. Say your child really digs in, puts their heels in and you're going, okay, I need to walk away from this because I want them to feel that joy of that learning, yet I really believe they dug their heels in and weren't willing. So it's not a punishment to give them homework. Just say, you know, you're not really wanting to do this right now. Why don't we leave it for now? And maybe in about an hour's time, you can sit down to it again and just take a good look at it and see if you understand it then. So there's that walking away, walk away before anger 
or other mm -hmm. unhelpful um, emotions. As a parent, we, the, the, the anger can rise up in us. It's not a bad thing as a parent that you feel some sort of anger or you feel some sort of an emotion, but it is a bad thing if you allow that emotion to take over. You're the adult, that is the child, and then those are unhelpful emotions. Nobody can learn. I personally cannot learn if someone's yelling at me. No. Like I, I know even if someone's a speaker in a, in a you know, they're lecturing, yeah. if they're yelling, I, I automatically tune out for some reason. Just for me, that does not work. So for children, okay. I'm confident it wouldn't work either. Okay. So, uh, so chaos can ensue when other children disrupt. Now, this is something I just want to say, think about this. There's going to be one of your children that comes in and completely disrupts your, your, your class or completely disrupts a beautiful flow that you're having with this other child. And what you, sh what you really need to do there is just step back, <clears throat> take a deep breath, and, and follow your disruption or derailment protocols. And again, we're going to get into those in a, in a follow-up um, podcast, but have them near and dear to your heart. What are my derailment protocols? What do I do when this happens? More important that you do that than continue teaching. More important that you do that than that, you get upset. Perfect. And here again, as a parent, trust your own instincts with this. You know, if you're getting hot and flustered inside, it is time to take a breather. Mm -hmm. So that might mean learning in a different way. That might mean a 10-minute break. That might be running around the block and getting some exercise. It might mean having a snack. It's a whole bunch of different things, but your instincts will tell you what it is. So when your instincts tell you that, detach. Think about what else you're going to do. And then listen to each child as they're speaking to you or as they're interrupting or as there seems to be a derailment. And then listen, because in the listening, you're going to also be learning something. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that's, that's I'm, I'm not going to go much further in terms of how mother or father and teacher can function beautifully and coherently in the same person. I think that's enough for thought process, but I do want to talk a little bit about the child now. Perfect. Um, is there anything you wanted to talk about, Carly, before I jump into the child? No, I just, that was wonderful. I think that was so reassuring and really like when you said, uh, you know, didn't have a spotlight on those skills as we were teaching them in realizing, wow, we've been doing all of this, all of the, the time we've had our children in our lives. We just didn't maybe know it or how detailed, you know, the, the processes were that we were following to teach our children up until now. And the rest of the points that you mentioned were just solid gold. I think I'm walking away with quite a bit, understanding a lot more about my role as teacher and mother from all of that. So loved it. And I say we move on to the child now. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. Um, the child, um, the, knowing the classroom needs and specific requirements takes time to establish with a child. So the child has been free flowing in your home potentially going to school somewhere else, potentially having different teachers. So the child is now needing to learn what the new protocols are. And children are very smart. And when they feel challenged, tired, or unmotivated, they will at times try to get out of schoolwork, which can really disrupt the learning process that you have established. They aren't doing this to cause you trouble intentionally. And this is really important to remember they're just looking at it and going, wait, wait a minute, what's going on here? This is like way different 
this is not what I had expected. This is not how I saw things coming down. And so they don't cause you trouble intentionally, but regardless, it will at times be a hurdle that you need to overcome. And when I, whenever that hurdle happens, when the child is going, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, we're, we're schooling at home now. Um, remember in those situations that systems, not punishments, work the best. Again, backtrack. Not a punishment. Not I'm getting upset. Not your face is getting all flushed and red. <laughs> Nothing of that. Just go, what is the system that I put in place for this? Mm-hmm. Now, step back and execute. Just like I have to in a classroom. I remember a beautiful mentor, and actually, Carly, this is your grandpa, was one of my mentors mm-hmm. when I first started teaching. And I said to him, how do you get children's attention when they're really absolutely not listening? And he said, I have a five-step process. And so I wrote that five-step process down and I used it for literally 20 years in classrooms Mm. and outside of classrooms and whenever I was teaching, closing the gap by half, standing a little closer to the child and saying, is there something that I can help you with? So this is little strategies. Right, system. Yeah, systems just to derail the situation where the child is saying, wait a minute, what is going on here? Yeah. So it's important that each child buys into the home education process as soon as possible, but that happens again with those systems. So consistency and clear expectations from you as a mother slash or father and teacher will help set the tone. That creates that whole feeling of, okay, I get it. I know where we're going. Mm. So, um, and then, and then there's this entire family buy-in is essential for maximum peace and productivity with the homeschooling. I've seen it in a few situations where one parent really doesn't buy in and the other parent is trying to do it. And I would say between two grown-up parents, take the higher road. We're doing this maybe because of the COVID situation. We're doing this maybe because, um, a school is not offering what we need right now. We're doing it for a whole bunch of different reasons. Maybe we just chose it because we really have always wanted to do this, Mm -hmm. but try to have the entire family buy-in that includes the mom, the dad, or if it's a same sex uh, partnership, or if it's whatever, whatever configuration that is that you buy in as a family to the whole process. Yeah. So in that situation, without taking anything personally, continue to stay the course with your child, be calm, use a simplistic, committed, specific daily sequence of events for your students. So I'm a real believer in that simplicity. Don't make it complicated. Keep it clean, clean lines, both when they're working one sequence and then again, when they're causing a disruption disruption again you go to a very clear clean sequence it is a deterrent based sequence but again it's simplistic and it is a sequence so you're going to follow that there's no emotions needed for that so this encourages work discourages disruptions and alleviates the need to lose your cool you just don't have to lose your cool you can walk away you can use a derailment system you can use a teaching system. All of these things will work to your to to the best of uh, to to your best advantage and your child's best advantage. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the plan encourages and rewards work and dedication and discourages disruption. So, if you build this plan, 
the child immediately starts to see, oh, wow, if I read those four books, I get a star on my chart. Okay, I like that. Oh, if I read 10 books, I can reach into the gift box and I get a little gift. Oh, mom said that she's going to take me out for a special one-on-one -on -one date when I've read 20 books. Okay, so you created this beautiful system that encourages and rewards work and dedication. And you'd be so, so surprised how little stickers work with the smaller children yeah. or how rewards from one parent or the other taking them on a special date or something for a big accomplishment really works mm -hmm. um, because your process is systemic it does not require an emotional response to any of these disruptions i love it that is just all so so good i what i heard you say through it all was systems are so important establishing right. strong systems which is what we've been talking about September is vital for, or if people are finding this later in the year, whenever you're starting your homeschool journey, giving yourself the grace and time to establish your systems and get your family on board with a new rhythm, super yeah. important vision, cling to your vision, why yeah. you're doing this and what you want out of it so that you don't take score too quickly in the moment of a meltdown or in the moment of frustration or you're, you know, honest, you hit a speed bump and you feel derailed. As right. I mix my metaphors there of driving on a road and, and a train <laughs> on the rails, <laughs> but that you, but we know what a metaphor is, but we, sure. that's what we for sure know. <laughs> it's a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> so you cling to your vision, you know, your vision is your anchor. And so then you, yeah. you know, you got those great systems in place. You've got your vision. And then the big one that I'm taking away from you here from the beginning of the show is leaning into your own innate ability that right. as a parent, you know your child. You've been teaching right. them from the day you laid eyes on them. And this kind of teaching, yes, maybe it's following a curriculum. Yes, you're referring to the grade level outcomes, but you are a great teacher of your children. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. now you're just doing it in a different kind of way. Yeah. And I just, I loved how you summarized that at the beginning. I feel so much more confident after listening to you break down what I've already been doing with my children. It makes mm -hmm. me feel so much more confident going into educating them within the home. Yeah. Parents are, are remarkable teachers. Mm -hmm. um, without fail, I, I mean, the number of times I've heard a parent say to me, yeah, but I'm not a teacher. And then I've walked that year with them and watched that child grow and be taught and uh, the parent grow. Mm -hmm. It's, um, you know, we, we all can teach. Mm -hmm. um, we're not all teachers by trade. We're not all teachers by training, but we all can teach. And we all do teach, just like what you said. Um, we didn't have a spotlight on us while we were teaching certain things, but we were definitely teaching. Mm -hmm. And just to lean into that, that thing you, you were doing all along that you maybe didn't know or realize you were doing to the, to the, the, the level of the depth you, you broke it down into was really enlightening to say, you know what, that's the kind of depth we need to go into in our curriculum this year, knowing I've done that with my children with other things they've already learned. Okay, we yeah. have building blocks here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. I think people are going to be very encouraged by this. This is very helpful for me. And I speak on behalf of all those of us in between triumphs and meltdowns. We, uh, <laughs> we're getting yes, there. Be systemic. Yeah, be systemic. Don't take score too soon. Be systemic. Cling yeah. to your vision and your innate ability. We receive yeah. that wisdom. Okay. Awesome. I can't wait to talk again soon. Yeah, me too, Carly. 
Friends, we hope you enjoyed that episode. We hope it empowered you and uplifted you with tangible advice and action steps you can take as you continue to define your family's educational journey this year. If you enjoyed this episode, would you share it with a friend? The more parents we can uplift right now, the better. As always, you can reach us at newschool.ca. Be sure to leave your questions for the podcast there and we'll answer them in an upcoming episode. Until next time, remember, in this new normal, there isn't one right way. There is simply the way that feels right to you. And whatever journey you're on, we want to thank you for allowing us to be a part of your new school.